Lockdown at the Loft. I believe it's it's week three, episode three. I've had three carvings in the wall, so that that must mean it's a third week. I I, I just can't tell anymore because um, we used to have dates. Do you remember dates and things? I had a calendar um, for this year, but it, it it's it's on fire. That's that's how twenty twenty is going so far. So um, yeah, apparently we're in for another. Another three weeks, I, I can't tell dates anymore. Uh, last I checked, it was the 19th of December, so here goes, folks. Hey, so that was, um, that was acting. That was, that was acting, folks. Don't worry, you're going to be fine. We're going to be fine. Uh, yes, they've announced that we're going to be in lockdown for another three weeks, and I'm, I'm totally sorry. I think it's, it's the fault of this show. They went, you know what, this, this show's doing very well, so uh, let's, let's give it another couple of weeks. Um, so, you know, in many ways, yes, we're in quarantine for longer, but uh, we get to extend the show. So, anyway, I'm uh, your host, Peter E. Davidson, um, the host of Lockdown at the Loft. You might know me as the bearded guy from Laughs at the Loft and Brickworks in Derry, the one who's either uh, taking your money or telling you to... Um, Go upstairs because the show's about to start or the one that's sitting there drinking rosé going, and our next act is, that's that's me, that's my job. Um, this is my job as well for here, this show. The show is basically me bringing on a bunch of uh, lovely acts and uh, what they're going to be doing is I've gathered some of the best acts from the comedy club, some of the best acts from across Northern Ireland, across the whole circuit, and they're all going to tell you little bits of stories about how they... Um, for want of a better word, died on their hoop whilst doing stand-up comedy. Now, all those people who say stand-up comedy, oh, oh, it takes balls, it takes balls, oh, Jesus, how many balls do you have? Eight? You must have eight balls. You must be the eight-balled kid. Um, for people who say that, here's the stories of why people say that, because sometimes they are the most horrifying things ever. Part of the show is to give you a bit of escapism from all that's going on and have a bit of fun at other people's expenses. Uh, the other part of the show is to remind us comedians that although we can't go out and perform, uh, sometimes that's not a bad thing because of some of the horrible, horrible things we've seen. So we're going to share that with you. It's, it's like a therapy session, a big group therapy session. I'm very excited about today's show. I think we've got a great, great show for you coming up, folks. We have some really, really good... Um, We've got some really good clips and stories for you. Uh, we have the likes of Sorka Shanahan from the Mickey Uppers. It's just an absolutely brilliant comedian in, in her own right. And uh, she's going to be coming along telling us a tale. We have the fantastic Mustafa Saeed, uh, the, possibly the only Muslim comedian from Dungannon. Um, you know, everywhere else in Northern Ireland. You can't move for Muslim comedians, but... Um, there's only one in Dungannon, and we've got him for you. Uh, and uh, we've got our headline act. We have a headline act for you this week. Um, somebody that we never actually got a chance to play the club because he, his career went so, so fast. I mean, he went to doing open mics to uh, within two years selling out the SSE Arena for two nights. Mm. So we have the absolutely brilliant Paddy Raff is going to be here. So um, again, I want to say a massive thank you to all the acts who have sent in their clips. And uh, pretty much the biggest thank you to to you guys for um, for watching this and uh, help keeping the spirit of the club alive, man. Um, so let's kick things off. Uh, enough preamble, I think, from me. Um, one of the acts that we're starting off with tonight uh, is... A, 
He's been in the Northern Irish comedy scene since since its early days. Uh, he's a brilliant improv comedian. Um, he used to go under the title Morgan Hurst. Oh, bit of mystery. But he then came back uh, as himself, as Fraser Robb. And he is, I have to say, without a doubt, uh, one of the most admired comedians in the scene because he's always been just hilarious. Hi, it's me, Fraser Robb, uh, comedian and middle spot. You might remember me from uh, Soft Border Patrol Season 3 where I played an angry farmer. Or you might know me from um, the wildly successful web series Belfast Blues with Shane Todd and to a lesser extent Aaron Butler. Um, Peter Davison has asked me to record a story about my worst gig because in these times of fear and apprehension what we need is to be reminded of our most humiliating public moments. So thanks for that Peter. Um, I've been doing comedy for 10 years so like most comedians, I can tell you a lot of stories of bad gigs. Really, um, the only people who don't get bad gigs are musical comedians, but as we all know, that's not really comedy, it's cheating. And the only people who like musical comedy are, of course, audiences and producers. So anyway, back to me. Um, I've done a lot of small gigs on one place, and one of the worst gigs I did, I guess, was in Castle Durg. I could tell you about that one. I had... Uh, a stage there, which was uh, two tables taped together, and we were brought on stage to the walk-on music of the Benny Hill theme tune. Because that's comedy in Castle Dirk. And the sound man also had a surprise for us in which he, on a mouse, would play a laugh track whenever he thought the punchline was coming up. Um, on, uh, but he also got uh, quite drunk during the gig and then just played it whenever there was just any kind of pause at all. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I can tell you about the time I did a charity gig for Haiti Disaster Relief and uh, in the Black Box in Belfast. And they had a big room with lots of um, different acts and like musicians and uh, poets, of course, there's always poets, and comedians. And um, I uh, was uh, considered less famous than the other acts, and so I was put into the overflow stage with several of my contemporaries and in the um, green, green Room Cafe area. Unfortunately, they didn't tell anyone there was going to be a gig or for charity or that anything was happening at all. And it was really just full of people, not so much an audience, but people trying to have their dinner. And uh, so we got on stage, started going through our witticisms uh, to a very angry crowd of people who thought we'd basically just been, been invaded by drunks who were just shouting at them. And there was uh, one couple who were so annoyed, they were like saying profile to the stage and eating their, their pizza, very like deliberately eating their pizza or, or fear and clenched muscles. And uh, when I was standing there where you are, they refused to even look like that just to see what was happening. We're interested. Fuck off is what they thought. So I can tell you about that one, or I can tell you about the time I was brought up on stage late in an evening, another variety show uh, with uh, circus acts and the like, and uh, burlesques. Always a good sign for a comedy show with burlesques on stage. And um, the MC at the other night was bringing me up as one of the last acts on, and said, ladies and gentlemen, we've got another comedian for you. Another one, another comedian for you. The very funny Mr. Owen, by the way, the bar's going to close in two minutes, so be sure to get your drinks in for last orders. It's Fraser Roll! And that, of course, went really well. Um, very attentive audience. And I've, in fact, asked uh, all MCs to bring me up like that since. So you'll always see me at last orders. 
But the gig I'm going to tell you about, the worst gig I ever had, was of course in Straban. Where else could it be? The worst place on earth. A hellhole. And uh, so I went there to do a gig in a place called Dicey Rallies. They decided to start up a gig called Dicey Rallies Jokebox. And um, we drove two hours, three of us drove up from Belfast for two hours and arrived to an empty bar. And the stage area was just like an alcove that you couldn't see into unless you were standing directly in front of it. If you're even vaguely one side or the other, then you wouldn't be able to see what was going on. And uh, behind that, the backdrop for the alcove was a ripped red bed sheet with the uh, with a, with black paintbrush <laughs> writing on it. The same kind of uh, kind of characters you get that say normally say things like "free free Republican prisoners" or "loyalists um, equality now" that kind of thing. And it's from dicey rallies, joke box, like a dirty protest. And um, so standing in front of that, and then there was a, a fruit machine to one side where people were playing the slots all the way through the gig. And of course the gig didn't, it was supposed to start at nine, it didn't start until half 11 because the bar wanted to wait until all the other bars had kicked out because it had a late license and they didn't. Um, they were playing UFC fighting on the screens. The entire bar was packed five deep facing the wrong way, all facing the bar, not facing where the comedians were. Um, and uh, somebody just started screaming, get off, just repeatedly, get off, get off, get off, get off, get off. So, uh, so I did. After seven minutes, I was supposed to do 20, I did seven. And that's uh, one of my favorite unpaid gig stories. So uh, I hope you enjoyed my fear and loathing in Straban. And I will never go there again. Some people have no class. Um, <laughs> thank you very, very much to Fraser Rob for sending that in. And uh, uh, yeah, um, you might have noticed there's a wee bit of um, subtle self-promotion at the end of it from um, from Fraser's wife, who just happens to be the exceedingly talented uh, headliner we've had at the club a couple of times, the absolutely brilliant Teresa Livingston. Um, so that's cool. That's cool. Uh, we're going to keep things rocking along now. As I said, our next uh, act, a, a good, good friend of mine. I uh, was very, very lucky to work with her for many years in a sketch group called Love the Concept. Uh, and then, you know, just see her continue on and be absolutely amazing with her group, the Mickey Uppers, who have done stellar shows at Edinburgh. Uh, and then just see her do her own, her own thing. Um, Sorka Shanahan, she's absolutely a, amazing uh, comedian, um, performer. Um, it's actually, you know, this is just great for me to actually get to catch up with some of my friends as well. So it's great to see her. Folks, enjoy Sorka Shanahan. Hi, my name is Sorka Shanahan, and um, I have died many times on stage. And to this day, it's still one of my biggest fears. Um, I can perform and have performed for years and years and years. And as long as I'm a character, I can do anything. I can sit in any amount of discomfort. I can always find something to say. I can always kind of like, you know, kind of like, you know, connect or, you know, try or at least be able to read the room and leave. That's, you know, I'm, I'm good at that. But me, Sarika Shanahan, being on stage and sitting with that awkwardness of of not knowing what to say and what comes next and um 
you know, and having the audience kind of like sitting staring at you going, entertain us is so, so soul-destroying terrifying. I mean, I actually went to clown school for a month in order to learn how to like, you know, kind of like, you know, being clown is all about like, you know, just sitting at a discomfort and like, you know, kind of just being there. And so I went to Spain for a month and sat in a lot of discomfort. Um, I mean, just anyway, no grown adult goes to clown school for a month in Spain without kind of going through some major life things. I mean, everyone's kind of working through some shit. Um, and I, I, along with 11 other strangers, um, were doing that and uh, had to skip day for food, um, uh, had to flush our toilets with like washing up water because there was a water shortage. It just, it was very, it was a lot. Um, so yeah, and then like, so at one stage I was really like, you know, kind of, oh, I so wanted to be able to, stand on stage and do stand straight stand up as me without any kind of um fear of like you know kind of drying and so so i thought aha well why don't i work that into the set so i had this bit where um i would be like you know kind of doing thing and like high energy and really upbeat and then i'd reach point where it's like Um, I know, I'm sorry, I forget what the next bit is, how long, um, it's, oh yeah, so it goes like, um, oh, <laughs> um, uh, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, um, And I'd make desperate eye contact with with everyone and and then I'd break it and then people would like oh. <laughs> because like their sphincters would release and, like they were so awkward like I mean you being really awkward and it's like ah oh, we're all in this joke <laughs> and it's the best laugh that kind of like laugh of relief it's like ah. Oh. Excellent. So, um, but what I didn't bank on for this one particular gig was that the audience would be so fucking lovely. So, so I was standing there and I started doing it and like, you know, it was kind of, and, um, um, got to, and the audience started like, like shouting out, like, you know, kind of, you're doing really well. You can do it. You're really funny. You can do it. Come on, Sarah. <laughs> we believe in you. We're behind you. So then, so then I had to break it and like, you know, and then they felt betrayed. I felt like a shit. I've been watching a lot of Stuart Lee around that time, so I mean, and that never happens to him. Um, yeah, high risk strategy. But um, yeah, that's just yeah. 
some of my experiences of dying and trying not to die, um, which is quite pertinent these days, as it turns out. Um, yeah, that's me. I'm Sarah Shanahan, and I hope you all stay safe and well, and um, hopefully see you live soon. Um, so, so thank you very much for that. Oh, I want to say, oh, um, we uh, we were on the radio this week. We were on uh, BBC Radio Ulster on the ticket with Kathy Clugston talking about this club. So um, that's going to be on iPlayer if you want to hear me talking about me talking. Uh, please check that out um, because yeah, yeah, it's just very, very nice of them to pick up on the podcast and, and want to talk about it and how clubs are doing online and how comedy is, is, is working. So um, one of the other acts or one of the other th- comedy clubs that is moving online is uh, Chicken Box Comedy from uh, Bennigan's Bar in Derry, which is a great open mic night run by Rory McSwiggan as Les is more uh, his character. And uh, it's... It, yeah, um, they're they're doing a great thing by putting it on every Thursday night, uh, live on on Facebook on the Chicken Box page. So again, lots of great local comedians on there. So please, if you get a chance, please check it out. And one of the comedians who often does Chicken Box, we've had him at the club a number of times. Is as I said the brilliant uh, Dungannon Muslim comedian. Uh, Mustafa Saeed, um, and he's our next uh, person with. I'll I'll be I'll I'll pr- prepare you for this. Quite a bleak story about stand up. So um enjoy. So what was my worst gig? I think I think it was in New York. Uh I was at uh, an open mic in the village. It was at the back of this dive bar. It was like the worst room I had ever been in. I mean, the stage had a hole in the f- you know, had a hole in the floor and the mic barely worked, and you know there were all everybody in the in the crowd was was a was a comic. You had to pay five dollars in to perform. So I hit the mic and I was just doing my thing, and then like, I had this joke I was running at the time. And the setup of the joke was uh, where I said something like Islam is a religion of peace, and then the MC very loudly went ha like that and then everybody in the audience started laughing and applauding the MC and it was like shit and then um, I sort of did my thing and it went kind of badly because I feared for my life at the time and uh, then I got off the mic and the MC sort of said well I'm not saying all Muslims should be in cages it's just you know it keeps them out of trouble and I thought okay that is the worst thing I have seen in comedy. So, thank you, New York. Yeah, it's we we're telling tales here primarily about people dying on their hoop. It's only in America where, yeah, you actually possibly could uh, die as well. I think the late great Sean Hughes always put it that you know it's that thing about you know playing America and then realizing they have guns. So when you're on stage and they go, "Hey, buddy, you suck," you're like, "Yeah, do please, yeah, don't poo poo." No, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's scary, scary stuff. Um, speaking of scary stuff, I hope you're getting through this okay. Uh, not just this episode. I, I never, you know, you don't know. I don't know, uh, but the the whole quarantine thing and that you're you're keeping well and keeping um, 
keeping healthy as much as you can and uh, both both mentally and spiritually um no hope you're hope you you guys are doing okay and um can we make a promise though see once we get through this uh can we just never have a zoom meeting uh, ever again can this just be something that we just like the quarantine once it's over we never talk about it uh any zoom meeting i've had has prim- primarily been about 40 minutes of people going Oh, sorry, my mic was... Uh, yeah, uh, the on... Oh, you froze there, you froze. Oh, I froze again, I froze again, I froze again. Yep, yeah, so let's put that in the bin. Folks, uh, we now have... <laughs> probably along with that material. Folks, we now have um, our headline act uh, of today's show. I said, uh, this is Guy Paddy Raff, um, who you... You know, you know, um, his success story in Northern Ireland comedy is pretty unparalleled in terms of the fact that I remember gigging with him in Lurgan uh, when he was about six months into his uh, stand-up thing. And then me going, <laughs> I'll tell you some advice about uh, how to get started in show business. Didn't need it. Didn't I didn't have any, to be honest with you. He didn't need it anyway because said... Uh, he has sold out two nights at the SSA Arena, multiple nights in the Ulster Hall, all these amazing things. And he is one of the most prolific um, online comedians as well. So, wow. So um, it's fantastic. He took time out to record this video for us. And uh, it's very funny. So um, just enjoy uh, the fantastic Paddy Raff, everyone. Well, what's the crack? What? Does the microphone too much, is it? It's just the prop. Take the tennis ball a bit off. Is that better? No, it's okay. I'll do it without it. All right, let me do this. All right. Hello, how's it going? It's Paddy Raff here. Peter got in touch with me to ask if I would tell you the story of my worst ever gig. And for me, it has to be my second ever gig, uh, which is pretty much two years ago today. It was April 2018 in a club called Liquor XXX. There's the poster actually from the first gig I did in there, which was the month before it. Um, yeah, so this is the second ever gig in Liquor XXX, which does sound like, it's a bar that does sound like a brothel, which is, remember bars? <laughs> bars, mm. and I know it looks like I'm in a bar at the minute, but this is like in a shed that I built years ago. And uh, my wife got me like a bar and just kind of made it like, them scampi fries are completely inedible. They're out of date by about sort of two years. They're completely inedible when they're in date anyway, like they're stinking, which is why there's a lot left. But anyway, so yeah, this isn't a real bar, but I do like to pretend now that it is. I do come up on like a Friday night with a few beers, put on YouTube 10 hours of bar background noise, you know, just people talking and stuff and reminisce and, I wish I was joking, I'm not. But anyway, yeah, so back to the story. So it was in Liquor XXX, which sounds like a brothel, which is next to Filthy McNasty's on the Dublin Road, which sounds like a brothel, which is next to the ETAP Hotel, which pretty much is a brothel, uh, which is where people used to go after their nights out uh, to do their riding. Anyway, so I was in there, and second ever gig, I'm about to go on, William Thompson is MCing, and this girl comes in. Uh, two girls, actually, they're like in their early 40s, and she's carrying a massive helium balloon. Now this is a very small bar venue and this helium balloon took up about one third of the capacity of the venue. So it didn't didn't look promising basically. And they started talking quite loudly, ordering drinks. I think William did ask them to be quiet and they did for a second. But once I got up on the stage, they just it was open season and it was only my second ever gig. So I didn't I had nothing really up my sleeve, nothing planned and 
I was so sort of caught up with sticking to the script almost, or the set that I had written out, that I, I didn't really deal with it. And I should have just told them to shut up or had a bit of a crack with them. And, you know, that would have became part of the set, but it was rabbit in the headlights. I just kept going. So I could feel that the, the gig was, or that the set was, was, it was in danger of, of going absolutely shit. So when do you know what it is? Cut to the song because I had a song I was leading up to, and I went, "I'll just do the song. Hopefully that'll drown them out." So I started doing it's a, a party I do, did called Broadway Girl, a party of an Ed Sheeran song, and I explained this to the crowd. I was like, "This is a party of an Ed Sheeran song. It's a cross community love song about a girl from Broadway and West Belfast falls in love with a guy from Rathcool, um, and he's in the Orange Order, and it's like I say, it's so cross community. In fact, that I actually got a grant when I wrote it, and I didn't even ask for it, so." We uh, kicked into the song anyway, and it was going okay, but it was getting to a quiet part. And I could see the girls were kind of not really paying attention, and they were talking. And I was getting to the quiet part, and then she'd started watching me, and I was like, right, at this quiet bit, she better be quiet, because this is like quite a good joke here. And it was like a musical joke where the line goes, uh, she took out her tin whistle, and as quick as a flash, I was banging my drum when we were playing the sash. And then I play the opening bar, of, you know, a few notes of the sash on the guitar. So I needed a wee bit of order for that joke to land and then just as I stopped and it went quiet and I started doing it your girl starts shouting at me and um, I've actually got the clip for it, from it because my sister was there and luckily the balloon moved out of the way and she could see well I mean not the girl the balloon but the balloon she was carrying and so we have it for posterity and so I'll play the clip here and um, just to round off this week's story and listen to the reaction of the crowd mainly because it wasn't it was only about 30 odd people there but because you had William Thompson uh, MC and Cormac McDermott was the one that put the gig on another comedian and I think that they have like the best yo's um Belfast yo's going um and yeah so how we listen anyway I'll play the clip and that's been my story I bang and beg on the wall and so I gave it a beat She took out a tin whistle and as quick as a flash I was banging my drum when she was playing the sash Is that your song? Is that your song? I think I explained pretty clearly <laughs> So thank you very much, uh, Patty, for, for that video. Um, yeah, Patty Raff, everyone. So um, that brings us to the end of this week's show. Now, luckily, we'll be back next week. Well, you know, obviously be more lucky if there was no quarantine and the world wasn't on fire. But luckily, we'll be back next week, next Friday. Uh, lucky for me, because in many ways, that makes me realise when Fridays are. So... Uh, we'll be back with a brand new episode, four new comedians uh, to tell you their tales of woe. And um, I hope you're enjoying the show so far. Uh, please, uh, without doing all that youtube stuff, if you have any comments, if you have any feedback, if there's anything you want to ask or um, want me to talk about when I'm on here, please uh, message me on the page. And yeah, I, I could give shout outs. I could be, yeah, I could be like one of them MTV, MTV DJ. God, that has just aged me, hasn't it? That has really aged me. They haven't done a shout out or an MTV DJ since 19 diggity. All right. So um, sorry about that. Instead, I'll just wrap up and I'll say a big thank you to all the acts that we had t tonight. We had the brilliant Fraser Rob. We had Sorka Shannon. We had Mustafa Saeed. And of course, Paddy Raff. 
I want to say a huge, huge thank you to everybody out there watching this. Um, please help uh, spread the word about it. Really appreciate it. To all the staff at Brickworks and Dee McLaughlin and everybody, hope they're getting through this okay, and I can't wait to see them again. Make sure you check out the Chicken Box comedy live stream as well uh, if you get a chance. And, um, yeah, we're also set on Podbean and iTunes. We're on every Monday, so please uh, check that out. That's all the shout-outs and stuff like that. that that's, that's pretty much gone. Um, so, folks, that, that's been me. Uh, I've been Peter E. Davidson. I've been your host once more. And now I am going to go um, eat some toast and stare at a wall for the next three days. So. <laughs>